morning. We're going to sing about his goodness. And I want us to stir up the joy of the Lord today and sing with all of our hearts. Amen. Come on.
good. You are so good. You are worthy of all of our worship. You are my mighty warrior, my salvation, my hope. And we just want to express our love to you right now. If he's been good to you, let's worship him this morning. Don't miss the opportunity to pour out your love upon him. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about my Lord, how he picked me up and turned me around, how he placed my feet on solid ground when i think about the lord how he saved me how he raised me how he filled me with the holy ghost how he healed me to the uttermost when i think about my lord how he picked me up and he turned me around how he placed my feet on the ground. Oh, it makes me want to shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
about how good the Lord has been in my life. Welcome to all of you. So good to see everyone this morning. Uh, just wanted to remind you that this Thursday is Veterans Day, and this morning we invited all of our veterans to go upstairs to the cafe and enjoy a free cup of specialty coffee and a pastry just to honor you as a token of our appreciation. And right now, we're going to ask that if you are currently serving in the armed forces or have ever served in the past, that you please stand to your feet right now. Let's give them a hand clap of praise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. We want to say thank you for your great sacrifices, and we want to say that we honor you for your service to our country, and we so appreciate you today. We are excited. Our Fall Fest is this evening, and we have great weather, and we're excited about it. Five o'clock today, going to be beautiful fall weather and cannot wait to come out. It's going to be a fun, fun evening. Just a few reminders. Make sure that if you signed up a couple of weeks ago as we come forward, that you know when and where you serve. If you don't, make sure that you go to the guest services desk immediately after church. They have a copy there, can tell you where you signed up for, where we placed you, and what time. And so it is very important that you be at your stations on time on that little email that we sent out and at the guest services desk, their instructions of where to report and when to report. But you being on time is very important because it relieves that person that has been serving for the hour before you and gives them time to enjoy the festival. So make sure you're on time. Make sure that you're smiling, that you're loving people around you. We're here to serve the community tonight. And you may not be one that can strike up a conversation with everyone, but we can all smile and show the love of the Lord to everybody on our campus tonight. It's about loving those who come, and we're so excited about that. A couple things that are new that we need you to remember. Make sure that you bring a chair this evening. We're going to have tables, but a folding camping style chair will be fine if you would like to sit, which I'm sure you will throughout the evening. Make sure that you bring a chair and also drinks if you would like. We're going to provide water, but if you would like other drinks besides water, you're welcome to bring a cooler this year. And as you invite friends and family and co-workers, just make sure that they know no alcoholic beverages are ever allowed on campus. And we are so excited that we're able to provide this night free of charge. We're not going to charge for anything. I don't know. Y'all better get ready. I'm ready for some homemade chili and pastalaya and corn dogs and kettle corn and 
cotton candy, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be, we're going to have to diet next week is all I know. But it's going to be good. No, we're charged for nothing. And so it's a result of your generous giving that makes that happen. And every year you always provide. And so we're going, this is our God's been good to me offering Sunday. We're going to take one offering at the end of service. We'll come forward with that offering. You may have noticed that the top box says we'll come forward. Don't drop it in. And so God has blessed us all tremendously. And this is just a mere token saying, Lord, we are so thankful for your goodness in our lives. We are going to take a short break right now, give you time to take a restroom break and welcome and greet those around you. Let's stand our feet, welcome one another, and we'll resume in just a few minutes. Y'all a little bit restless this morning, still kind of walking around a little bit. Probably excited about tonight, that's okay. Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. 
And it is a special day for us. And I do want to echo, before I get into the message, just my honor, my appreciation for those who serve our country and who have served our country. I don't know that I ever forget to do this when I'm in a, out in the public and I see a man who's got a hat on and saying, you know, he was on this ship or he served in this battalion somewhere, that I don't go to him and say a special, hey, sir, I appreciate your service. I even I know when I go out after um, church and I see our policemen out there, I tell them how much I appreciate them all the time. And we all need to realize there's been a lot of sacrifice given for you and I in this country. Amen. We never need to forget those who have served us and are continuing to serve us. And you know, we think back and we remember those men and those women who have served us. And then it should inspire us, every one of us, to go out and do his part. You may not be in the Marines or the Navy or the Army or the Air Force or the Coast Guard. But there's a battle out there, and there's a cause always. It's like little David when he walked on the battlefield and his brother's giving him a hard time about being there. And there's Goliath, almost 10 feet tall, standing there. And there is, a, there is a contest. There is a military contest. There's a threat <laughs> to freedom, to uh, righteousness. And little David says, is there not a cause? And I want you to understand there is a cause in our country. And it takes brave men and women who stand up and do their part, whatever that is, amen, to fight against that which is not honoring to God and fight against and war against those things that are displeasing to the Lord. That's what Hebrews 11 and 12, 1 is all about. This, these men and women of faith in Hebrews 11 that are listed for us. Then Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so let us remember, let us honor, but let, let them inspire us to do our part in being a nation that is under God, amen, and honoring to him. I want to preach a message today I've entitled, Remember and Rejoice. Remember and Rejoice. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, today, we do take our stand, we do take our positions, Father God, and we choose, Lord, to act in our responsibility to do what we need to do, Father, in our nation, in our communities, in our churches, Father God, as individuals, Lord, to remember we have a role, we have a part in all that's going on. I pray strength for every heart. I pray for understanding for every heart. And help us today to remember and to rejoice. And all God's people said, Amen. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything there is a season. That's a good word. It's great knowledge to have as you journey through life. To everything there is a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 4 of Ecclesiastes 2 says, There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. 
I just remembered a couple places in Scripture. In Ezekiel, we just read this recently. And we see those who sighed and cried over the spiritual state of the nation. And they were the ones who were marked and delivered from God's judgment upon the nation. In Joel, we see the priests who ministered before the Lord. How they were called to weep before the porch and the altar over the sins of the nation. In James 4, we are told that when we begin to drift in our hearts away from God, we've all been there, and have gotten ourselves entangled in the world again, <laughs> that we should lament and mourn and weep. And let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom, to weep over our own sin. And then it says, and the Lord will respond to our humility by lifting us up and restoring our hearts back to where they belong. Those times of restoration from our failures become memories, become memories of God's mercy in our lives and become the foundation for our praise moving forward. Times when we have been brokenhearted and had to endure weeping for the night, God, in his time, turns things and works all things together for our good so that eventually joy comes in the morning. These two become times to remember and rejoice. I want to say this to you today. God has never failed you. He's never failed me. God has never mishandled one situation in your life or in my life. Even when we were faithless, God remained faithful. Can I get an amen right there? So no, no matter what we face in life, our failures are just as we deal with the pain of the world that we live in, in every occasion, God turns it to a time of rejoicing in our life, to remember and to rejoice. That's why the Apostle Paul told us, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Because God's going to fix it. God's going to turn it around. God's going to deliver you. God's got a purpose. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. And all God's people said, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. During this time, I don't know, well, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not you know, a modern Jew, <laughs> but I always think about feast days during this harvest time, this fall season, this time of, you know, just being thankful we're going we're gonna to celebrate Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks, but I want you to understand, in my spirit, this whole season is a 
Thanksgiving season. It is a time to reflect on the blessings of the Lord, to remember and to rejoice. There were three main feast days for the Jews in the Old Testament. I'll mention a couple of them to you. One of them was Passover. And it was a, it was a time to, it was, it was celebrated annually. It was a time to, among other things, or they bring their sacrifices and so forth. It was a time to remember. It was a time to remember that night when we were in our houses and we had been told by our leader Moses that God is about to send a destroying angel through this city to bring us out of Egyptian bondage and the blood of a little lamb, the blood of a lamb was placed on the doorpost of that house with some hyssop. And that night when I should have been judged because I'm a knucklehead like anybody else and I haven't served God with all of my heart, I hadn't done anything right, there's no reason why I shouldn't face judgment like everybody else. But God gave me a way out. God said, get in that room, don't go on the outside, put some door, some blood on the door of that house. And on that night... God's judgment passed over me when it shouldn't have, and the blood of a lamb spared my life. Jesus is our Passover lamb, and in that time, in that, in that celebration of that Passover, they were to remember and rejoice over the redemption and the atonement that was made for their sin. There was another feast that I will mention that has everything to do with this day here at Eagle Heights Church in the year 2021. There was another feast called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Shelters. And it's described for us in Leviticus 23. It says, on the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, palm branches, boughs from leafy trees and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you. And it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation for seven days. You must live outside in little shelters. Little booths made from these branches that you have gathered. All native-born Israelites must live in shelters. Why? Because I want you to remember that time in your life when I brought you out of Egypt and you lived in the wilderness in shelters that were not permanent homes, I want you to go back and I want you to remember that exodus. I want you to remember my provision for you out there in the wilderness, and I want you to celebrate God's goodness, my goodness, my faithfulness in your life. Do it for a whole week. And so they were living in makeshift little tents out there and everyone had to go to Jerusalem annually, celebrate it for seven days. And look at verse 43. This will remind. Remembering is a big thing to God. 
It's all through God's Word. Remember. This will remind you each new generation of Israelites that I made their ancestors live in shelters when I rescued them from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I want you to understand this celebration was not man-made. It was not made by man. It was made from God, by God. It was his idea. And these were times to remember. These feast days were times to remember and rejoice. And I could add another element there. To remember, to realign, and to rejoice. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you've forgotten what God's done in your life. Maybe you forgot his goodness. Maybe you live every day and you never really think about the past. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to cause you to go back and I want to bring you through this little situation that will cause you to remember the goodness of God in your life. Realign my heart. I forgot. I'm not excited about what God has done in my life anymore. To realign my heart And that will lead me to rejoicing again, fresh and anew. Remember and rejoice. We look to the reward like we've been preaching and look forward to what God will do while we look back and rejoice in what God has already done. Both are important. Everything we do is this way in the kingdom. When we are baptized... It is a celebration of what God has already done. Whether I was saved a minute ago or a month ago, I remember and I rejoice and we celebrate together. Look what God has done in their life. When we take communion and we take the bread, which is his body that was broken for us, and the juice representing his blood that was shed for us, Jesus said that we should do this in... Do this in... Do this in... Remember me. Don't forget my body that was broken for you. Don't forget my life that was laid down for you. Don't forget my body that received stripes so that you could be healed and be free. Don't forget my blood as often as you do it. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm laughing because every time I say that phrase, you know, I went to a Catholic school, you know, ding a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Little altar boy, do this for remembrance of me. Ding a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling a ling. Amen. I'm kind of weird that way, I know. Everything in the kingdom is this way. Seriously. The motivation for our service and ministry to others, Jesus told disciples, freely you have received, now freely give. Remember and rejoice in what God has done for you. Now go and be a blessing to somebody else. Remember, wow, look what God's done in my life. Rejoice and let that thankful heart cause you and motivate you to go and be a blessing to someone else. Even when we give our offerings, we are told to remember and rejoice. There's this passage in Deuteronomy 26, it blows my mind. It's, I'm going to be honest with you, I've never heard it preached. I've preached it several times. I'm sure it's preached out there. I've just never heard it. 
It's one of the coolest passages in the Bible, if, you, if I can say that. It's powerful. This is the, the occasion, the context of the passage here is they're going to be in the land. They're in the land that God that brought them out of Egypt. Now they're in the land. And Moses is giving them instruction on how to give an offering. And it's really amazing. Listen to this. When you enter the land your God is giving you, don't miss that, as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each crop that you harvest into a basket, bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Bring it to the storehouse. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, go to the priest who is in charge at that time and say to him, with this gift I acknowledge to the Lord, your God, that I have entered the land. He swore to our ancestors he would give us. The priest will then take the basket from your hand, set it before the altar of the Lord your God, and listen, you must then say, you must then say in the presence of the Lord your God. Again, this is not religion. This is not something man contrived. This is instructions from the Lord. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, and now he's starting to talk before the, before the priest. His gift, his, his offering is laid down. My ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived, few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation. Now remember, every person is going and saying this out loud to the priest. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us slaves, we cried out to the Lord. The God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. I just want you to just kind of wrap your mind your heart around what's happening here and what's important to God even as this man is bringing his offering. As you think about it and as you really analyze this passage, there's a lot being said right here. The guy's not saying, you know what, my life has been flawless. Everything's been perfect. The world is treating me right. Everything that I thought would happen as I followed you, God, has happened. Everything is wonderful. Everything is coming up daisies. zippity doo dah! what a wonderful day. And I'm so excited about all the wonderful, amazing things that you've done in my life, and I am motivated now. I'm so happy to give you an offering. That is not what's being said at all. 
every mountain, every valley, every difficult place, everything, every confusing moment, every pain involved in slavery, everything that happened in the wilderness, everything that was going on is remembered and brought into this moment in time, which is very important because most of us will get happy like, you know, three times a year and we'll sing a little bit to the Lord on the way to work when all the stars lined up and all the kids did just right and my husband or my wife or whoever is done just right and everything's good and I just got a raise and I can feel God's blessing on my life and so God, I will sing to you this morning but I don't know about tomorrow. We'll see. We all do it. God is saying, I want, I, want you to, I want you to take the good, the ugly, everything in between and I want you to understand that I am with you no matter what is going on in your life. I want you to remember, and despite all of these things, the setbacks, the disappointments, the confusing moments, I want you to rejoice because I brought you here. And the only reason you're standing here is by me. What I want to do now, I want us to parallel this passage. I want us to enter into that moment in time and get the mind of God and what he would say to you and me right now as we're sitting in Eagle Heights Community Church today. And I wonder what he is wanting me to do today. I wonder what he's wanting you to do today in light of everything that we've already communicated to you. I wonder if he wants me to remember and rejoice. I wonder if tomorrow he wants me to remember and rejoice or next week to remember and rejoice or Thanksgiving Sunday to remember and rejoice or when I'm far removed from the season of Thanksgiving that no matter what's going on in my life, I have enough knowledge and understanding to remember and rejoice no matter what. I'm going to look at a little phrase. I'm going to pull a couple phrases out of this passage. Now, I, I wrote a little confession to go along with that, and I'm not going to ask you to read it with me because that's a little difficult because I'm going to do it about five times. But what, I'm at, what I am going to ask you to do is when I, you'll see it on the screen. When, I, when we get to the end, every time it will say, I will remember and rejoice. I want you to say that out loud with me in faith. Now, listen. You got to put your heart. You got to think about your story. You got to think about what God is doing and embrace that because so much of the time we just kind of go numb to things. And this doesn't add up to God working in my life, or this doesn't look like God's working in my life. And sometimes we just kind of, you know what I mean, we just kind of just don't think about it. But today I'm asking you to think about it, or rather God is asking you to think about every moment in your life that brought you to this place and remember and rejoice. So in verse 1 we see, you have conquered it. When, you, when you've conquered it, I brought you this, when you have conquered it and settled it, there was warfare necessary to bring them into the place of blessing. And so I want to make this confession. Would you just stand with me during this part of the service today? 
the Holy Spirit speaking to me. You need to try to read this with me. Just do the best you can, because I'm going to preach it a little bit, amen? But we need to say this out of our mouth. Let me read it first, just to give you an idea and a feel for it, then we'll go back over it, and we'll do it again. Let me read it first. I acknowledge this day that even though there's been warfare in my worship of you, and though there's been pain in the offering, I now know that it was all necessary to bring me into the fullness of your blessing. You have given me strength to endure every battle and caused me to stand on my high places. I will remember and rejoice. You get it? We're going to, just like that man bringing his offering, whether we're worshiping today, whether we're, you know, in this attendance, attending this service, or whether we bring our offering, we are here today to remember and rejoice our story. So let's read that together. I acknowledge this day that even though there's been warfare in my worship of you, and though there's been pain in the offering, I now know that it was all necessary to bring me into the fullness of your blessing. You have given me strength to endure every battle and caused me to stand on my high places. I will remember and rejoice. Verse 5 says, Jacob was a wandering foreigner, the supplanter, the cheater, the deceiver, trying to find his way to God, having dreams. Searching. Let's make this confession together. Ready? I acknowledge this day. Are we ready? Oh, y'all got to be quick. I acknowledge this day that even through the wandering, searching, and confusing times of my life, you are drawing me with gentle cords of love, guiding me into your good plan for my life. I now know these times were necessary, for they caused me to greatly value the treasure when it was finally discovered. I will remember and rejoice. And all God's people said, verse 6 says, The Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves. Let's make this confession. I acknowledge this day that even through the oppressive seasons, the times of loss, the night times of my life, when I was certain that the darkness had won, I now know that even then your hand was leading me and working all things together for my good. I will remember and rejoice. And all God's people said... Verse 7 says, He heard our cries and saw our hardship. Let's make this confession. I acknowledge this day that, Lord, you have heard my cries and saw my hardship. Like the old hymn says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love 
lifted me. I will remember and rejoice. And all God's people said, Amen. Verses 8 and 9. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm. He brought us to this place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. Let's acknowledge. I acknowledge this day that it has been your strong hand and your powerful arm that has brought me to this place of goodness. There is nothing good about my life that your hand has not provided. Every good gift and every perfect gift has come down upon me from above. From you, Father, I will remember and rejoice. And all God's people said, You may be seated. He's still standing there. He's not finished. Verse 10 says, And now, O Lord, and now, O Lord, into my presence, as I I thought about, I've remembered, I put the pieces together again, I've remembered, and now, Lord, and now, O Lord, I have brought you the first portion of the harvest you have given me from the ground, then place the produce before the Lord your God and bow to the ground and worship before him. I wanted you to seat, be seated as we do this next one. I wish we were all kneeling in a position of worship, but I want to make this confession right now together. It'll be our last one. Let's read it together. And now, O Lord, as an expression of my understanding and as an expression of my gratitude, I give. I give you all the praise and the glory. I give you my worship. I give myself, my time, my talents, my treasure, all that I am to you and to others. Freely I have received And so now I freely give. I will remember and rejoice. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You know that song, Love Lifted Me. As the Lord let me remember that song, I've led that myself. Back in the day, I was a song leader. I was a bus driver. Well, she was a bus driver. I was a song leader, weed eater, grass cutter, church cleaner. And so, of course, I had to lead the singing, right? And I used to do this thing. Don't even know what that is to this day. I have no clue whatsoever. But I remember singing those songs. I remember those songs impacting my life. To be honest with you, I know our worship today was amazing. But somehow, some way, those songs, when I just began to sing out of my heart around the house, going down the road in my vehicle, somehow these hymns just pop out because they have been imprinted on my spirit. The second verse of that song says, All my heart to him I give. Ever to him I'll cling. In his presence, in his blessed presence live. Ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true. Merits my soul's best songs. Faithful loving service to to him belongs. And all God's people said. The third verse As we're gathered here today, there are people who are believers. There are people who are yet to be believers. 
Maybe you're visiting here today and it doesn't matter what denomination, the title over the door. Don't get caught up in the Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational thing. If it's legitimate, God's all the above. Amen. But today, on this day when we recognize and celebrate the goodness of God in our lives, and we focus, and we concentrate, and we think, we think about what God has done. Amazing songs today. If you don't know the Lord, if you don't know His goodness, and you say, well, Pastor Kevin, God's been good to me. I prayed. He's protected me here or there. And I'm not saying that God's not interacting with you in your life because He's leading you somewhere into His perfect plan for your life. He's leading you to a place where you will surrender everything that you have. Believe upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive forgiveness for your sins. Have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Filled with the Spirit of God that will give you power and instruction and guidance in this life. If you don't know Him, if you don't know that you know that you know Him, I pray this would be the day. This would be the day that you would say, it's very simple, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. The third verse of that song, Love Lifted Me, says, souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Billows his will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be. Be saved today. So today, make sure that you are saved. And if you are saved, that you rejoice that you remember all of the good that God is doing. If you are in a confusing time in your life, understand God can work all things together for He will work all things together for good in your life. If you're in a searching, wandering moment in time in your life, God's got you and God's leading you with gentle cords of love. Don't, don't pull back. Let God lead you into a good place in your life. Does everyone understand? If you are saved, rejoice. If you're not saved, get saved and rejoice. Amen. Finally, in verse 11, as this man is standing here, it says, Afterward you may go and celebrate because of all the good things your, the Lord your God has given to you in your household. Now go. See, for me, fall fest is not a time of just having fun. Really, to be absolutely honest with you, it's too much time, <laughs> energy, and too much money. I would never do it just to have a couple hours of fun. For me, it is a celebration of God's goodness in our lives. It is a time when we go to, out and we do just what the Word tells us, to go and celebrate and to remember all the good things that God has done, how he has been faithful to every one of us in our lives. And I know every now and then you'll hear somebody get a little frustrated about something that's going on in their life, but I'm going to tell you, God has never failed you one time. There's not one situation where God has dropped the ball in your life. There's not one moment when you have been forgotten. God is good 
all the time. And all the time, God is good. And so tonight, we're going to go and I'm going to run away from Pastor Lisa for a little while and fill my belly with all the pastelaya chili that I can feed on and corn dog sticks in my pocket because I ain't, I ain't been to the trash can yet. I'm about four or five sticks in my pocket where I've chewed down everything down to the nub. Amen to the wood. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to do it. Because God's been good to me. And he told me to go eat the fat and drink the sweet. We've got to get some drinks, by the way. God's been good to us. Amen. Then he says, remember to include the Levites and the foreigners living among you in the celebration. That's why you invite your family, your friends, and your neighbors to help them share in some aspect of God's goodness as they see you celebrating and they in their hearts are led to want to know the God that you serve. That's what it's mainly about. So make sure that you get family, friends, neighbors invited. Bring them tonight. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand to their feet. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. This is our annual God's Been Good to Me offering. I want to say this right off the bat. It is not a campaign to raise money whatsoever. I'd be too afraid to do that. Last year we didn't do it. COVID was going on. People were losing their jobs and this and that and the, stra and, and the struggles that some, some people were going through financially. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I feel like I missed the Lord last year. Because it's not about giving out of your abundance it's about giving out of your lack. It's about giving. Listen, if all you can put in is two mites like that widow, Jesus said she put in more than everybody else because it's not about how much money you have. It's about where your heart is and why you give. And that's what this offering is all about. It's about, God, you've been good to me, and I recognize that goodness, and so I come and I bring my offering. There is zero pressure whatsoever involved in this offering. If there's any motivation whatsoever beyond you celebrating and worshiping God and His goodness, and this is the storehouse that sovereignly God has placed you in, that money will go into the storehouse to, to supplement the kingdom of God. I won't even know what this offering amount is. I won't even know. I'll only check the totals, we call them, of our finances six times a year. January. March 1, May 1, July 1. I skipped November. I did October. We had some stuff going on. I just want to see what was in the accounts. Make sure I was making a good financial decision. I won't check accounts again until January. There's a reason behind that. I'll share that in another message. It's waiting in the wings. It's not about money. God's my provider. God's your provider. Amen. We don't need to concern ourselves about anything. Jesus said, don't worry about your life what you're going to eat, what you're going to put on. Amen. Your Heavenly Father knows you need all things. That's how people think that don't know the Lord. I pray that you find freedom in your finances. There's no fear in your finances. That your businesses are blessed or your employment is blessed, wherever it may be. And I just pray that you would know God's blessing. And I don't care if you're at McDonald's making... 
I don't even know what minimum wage is anymore. $8, $9, $10, I have no idea. I know everywhere you go, hiring, now hiring, now hiring. People won't work. Because even though I make $14 an hour, I, I just, I just rather, I, I, we're in a bad place in our nation right now. The people of God are not that way. I don't care where you're at, I don't care how much money you're making. Just understand that it is, it's God's blessing on your life. And how you are faithful in that little thing will determine how God blesses you in your tomorrow. If you're making $10 an hour, just know that in this season in your life, God's providing that for you. And you're not driving the, the nicest car that you want or you haven't been able to build a house. You can't get the finance together to do that. You can't even get the new trailer that you really want. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are in life, God knows what you need and God has a plan for your life. And you give out of your heart. And so I want to read 2 Corinthians 9 before you come. So let each one give as he purposes. And team, you come up. Team, you come on up. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Remember? We're going to remember what God has done, and we're going to be a giver. And that far surpasses just monetary gifts. I'm going to give my service. I'm going to give my time freely. I've received freely given. You know what? Every now and then, somebody's going to sin against you. Somebody's going to hurt your feelings. Somebody's going to maybe be so vindictive that they are trying to destroy you. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's an ex-wife. Maybe, maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a boss. Maybe it's somebody. And they, let's just say they have not blessed you. They've not done good to you. You know how you find freedom? When you realize what God's done for you. And that was the point of Jesus telling that parable when the servant went and he had another fellow servant who owed him just a little bit of money. And this guy had a monumental debt. <laughs> there was no way to pay it. He was about to go in prison and, until he paid it all. Of course, there was no way. It was impossible. So he went to the master and said, Master, please, have mercy on me. Forgive me of this debt. And his master had mercy and compassion on him. Forgave him the whole debt. <laughs> he rejoiced. He celebrated. Oh, God, you're so good to me. Thank you, Lord. And then he sees his fellow servant. He owed him that little bit of trifling little amount of money and he went to him he took him by the throat while the guy said please forgive me I, I'm, I'm in a rough time in my life I'm in a rough spot I want to pay you back I just don't have the money I just I can't do it right now and the guy goes that's, that's your problem pay me what you owe and go to prison and his fellow servants saw what had happened and he went they went to the king and said listen you know the guy that you released of that debt well he's out there to get somebody by the throat and he won't forgive him and the king was angry and he said I want you to 
go and put that debt back on him. Let him know the debt's back on him. Put him in prison till he pays the, the last penny to me. There's no mercy for him. And that verse, the last verse of that parable said, And so my heavenly Father will do to each of you, if each of you from your heart does not forgive his brother's trespasses. Colossians 3 says, I learned early on as a pastor, and somebody has a complaint against somebody else. I got a complaint. I want to tell you what they did. James 3 is just a perfect place. Or Colossians 3 is a perfect place. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Jesus forgave you, so you also must do. Who you got a complaint against? Okay, good. Jesus said, forgive them. Just like he forgave you. See, I can't rejoice in my forgiveness and I can't give mercy to anybody else if I don't first remember, can I get a witness in the house of what God has done in my life and rejoice in that. So today, we're going to, between you and the Lord, as we give our life, our time, our talents, our treasure, and everything to the Lord as we sing in just a moment, then we're going to close out the service, and I'm going to see you back here tonight for our fall fest. I want you to think about it a little bit different now, okay? I want you to talk to your kids about it. So, you know, it's about celebrating God's goodness in our lives. And I want to tell you, my little four-year-old, God's been good to us. God's been good to us, my seven-year-old little baby girl. We're going to go tonight, and we're going to just we're going to celebrate God's goodness in each of our lives. Sarah's going to lead us in a song. If you are here today, you're not obligated to give, but maybe you're not prepared to give. You, you can give online in the, in the desk, information desk out there if you so choose to. But it's between you and the Lord. It's a time of worship. Let's in our mind come and set our basket down and say, Lord, I was a slave in Egypt. I was lost until you found me. You have been so good. Lord, now I understand that even in the seeking, even in the searching, even through the confusion, even through the oppressive times, even in the night times of my life when I thought I wasn't going to make it, I'm here. I'm here. I'm still standing. I'm still serving you. I'm still loving you. And God, it is only you and your hand, your strong hand that has brought me to this place. And I want to acknowledge that today by giving you all that I am. And all God's people said, amen. As we sing and as you come. Every breath.